0: Host Solo, take one. Welcome to Speak and Destroy, episode 108. Speak and Destroy, established in 2016, is the first podcast to feature interviews about Metallica. And I'm your host, Ryan J. Downey. Calling this episode, Host Solo, take one, because, you know, it's just me. This is something I'm trying for the first time. And, you know, I'm going to try to avoid doing a lot of editing while at the same time keeping this listenable. Hopefully you'll come along on this journey with me. I believe there was actually one episode prior to this, a bonus episode about HP Lovecraft, where I adapted some research and scripting that I did for a show produced by Machinima, which I don't think is around anymore, that aired on the Verizon Go 90 app which also isn't around anymore. Uh, So I figured, you know, it was a great place to park that, given how many Metallica songs and metal songs in general have some sort of tie to the Cthulhu mythos and Lovecraft in general. So that one, I believe, was just me. You know, when I got really into podcasts around like 2010, 2011, uh, it, it was before the, obviously, the massive surging popularity of podcasts that's happening now, there were... You know, some movie podcasts I was really into. I discovered WTF with Mark Marin. I really dug that. And, you know, most of the podcasts that I listened to didn't have guests at all. And I know there was, I believe, one, maybe two Metallica podcasts out there intermittently before I started speaking to Sroy. And then around the same time I started it, my buddy Ethan started one with his friend. And that one was, you know, the concept of it originally anyway was him and one of his friends talking about Metallica. And that's what really most podcasts were. And that's not to say that I'm going to swerve away from the interview format because that is what I love, what I do, what I did long before podcasting uh, came into the picture. And that's what this will always be is a Metallica interviews podcast. Having said that, it occurred to me, you know, having done a uh, pretty personal intro on one of these episodes and getting a lot of great feedback about that, I thought, you know, once in a while, maybe I'll indulge and do one of these. Given that there hasn't been a new episode of the show in about three months, uh, I believe the last episode dropped in September, and as I'm recording this, it is the middle of December 2021, now seemed like a good time to do this, to give you all a little bit of an update on what's kept me so busy the last few months to let you know that there are most certainly new episodes on the way, including some that are already in the bank to talk about the Metallica 40th anniversary celebrations in San Francisco, which I will be attending. And I also thought it might be fun to make sure there's Metallica content in here if you haven't switched off by now to talk about Metallica cover songs, songs that Metallica has covered, rather, throughout their 40-year career, beyond the multitude of songs that are collected on Garage Inc. but I'm talking about stuff prior to the Garage Days EP, stuff that never made it onto the Garage Inc. compilation, things that were only done live, and things that they have covered, you know, studio versions for tribute albums and things like that that have appeared since then. So I'm going to take a deep dive into that. But before I do that, I'm going to let you know what I've been up to, which certainly contains a lot of Metallica adjacent content. You will hear about projects I've been involved in that include Slipknot, Max Cavalera, Black Veil Brides, Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves and the Wedding Band, a lot of, speaking to guests, past and present and hopefully future. So I'm going to drop the intro right here, and then we're going to dig in. So thanks for indulging me here on Host Solo Take One. Here we go. All right, that intro, by the way, the Speak and Destroy theme song was written, performed, engineered, produced, mixed by one of my favorite people on earth, Mr. Scott Mellinger, who most of the world knows as a longtime guitar player in Zeo. He's been in the band since 1999, which is more than 20 years. He's on every Zeo record from Liberate T and Ferris Uh, all the way through the present, but I know him, more importantly, as an amazingly talented, sweet, thoughtful, insightful, loyal, just amazing guy, a good friend over the years. We don't get to talk as much as we did, you know, we're both parents, we're both busy, we live on opposite sides of the country. Once upon a time, I managed his band, which gave us, you know, kind of the workaholic excuse to talk all the time. Uh, Those guys are, you know, they've been self-managed for a number of years now, and they really go out of their way to keep me included and keep me involved in everything that they have happening, which includes The Crimson Corridor, their new album that came out this year and is, without bias, one of my favorite records of 2021. Scott was a guest on this podcast, as he is of course, a huge Metallica fan, as is Russ Cogdell, another good friend of mine, and another longtime guitar player in the band Zeo. Uh, they both love Metallica. And if you go back in the archives and listen to that interview with Scott, you can hear him talk all about that. But yeah, I asked Scott if he would be so kind as to compose a theme song for Speaking of Story, and he did, and I've been using it ever since. And it's awesome. And in fact, if you want that theme song... It is available f- as a free MP3 download at the Speak and Destroy Patreon. Cool. And I'll talk about the Patreon a little bit later towards the end of this episode because I don't want to overload you with a big sales pitch for everything that's there. But that is one of the things that's there. In fact, I think it might have even been the first post is an MP3 download of Scott's theme song for Speak and Destroy. A lot of people ask me about it. I even had someone ask me like, hey, that sounds like something from maybe in between puppets and justice. Is that like some Metallica demo I've never heard? And that is the highest compliment that that theme song could get. And, uh, and I know Scott loves that compliment as well, because that's exactly what it was going for. It was like, I'm the, I want to do something that's a little and justice for all a little master of puppets. And he succeeded because I've literally had listeners ask if that is in fact what it is. So there you go. That is Scott Mellinger of ZEO doing the Speaking of Story theme. So what have I been up to? Why hasn't there been an episode in three months? Well, as anyone knows, doing anything regularly every week is not the easiest of commitments. You know, life gets in the way. Work gets in the way. I don't make my living from the Speaking of Story podcast. (laughs) So it is very much a labor of love. Having said that, I do like getting it out on a regular basis. It maybe hasn't been as consistent as I want it to be, kind of going in fits and starts where there'll be, you know, six months where there's an episode every week and then a lull for a month or what have you. This three month lull was not planned and I'm not that psyched about it, but it was a good moment to hit the pause button and refresh and focus in on some other things that needed to be taken care of, frankly. So, one of those things, which if you follow Speaking as Roy on Twitter or on Instagram, you're probably already aware of this. But a few months ago, around the release of the Metallica Blacklist project, which was tied into the Metallica Black Album anniversary, and of course now we're here with the 40th anniversary of the entire band, which I'm going to talk about as well. But the Metallica Blacklist project, one of the contributors to that, was Corey Taylor, of course, the frontman for Slipknot. I have had the pleasure and privilege for the last, I guess, two years now, since really right around the time of the beginning of the first lockdown, the quarantine here in the States. Clown and Corey and their management at 5B, specifically that core group, run the Knotfest brand, which is... You know, several festivals now all around the world, including NotFest Iowa, which I think had, you know, 30,000 people or something at it this year. NotFest LA, which I'm going to talk about here in a moment. But when the lockdown happened, you know, those guys sat down and said, hey, we, you know, no one can play shows and we can't put on festivals. We have this brand, you know, air quotes, with a decent following on social media and on YouTube and so forth. And it's just sitting here because there's no festivals to promote. What if we pivot and create a music and media brand that's interviews and long form think pieces and, and covers quote unquote extreme culture. So metal rock movies, you know, what have you. And they were kind enough to invite me to be part of it in the very, very beginning talking about and covering and interviewing uh, you know, music people, movie people. So I have a thing that I do with them called Screen Crusades, which is a semi-regular Twitch show and podcast and video series where I'm either talking to musicians about movies, similar to what I do on my own Pop Curse podcast, or talking to filmmakers and actors and, and so on uh, from films that would be relevant to that Notfest. Fest community, right? So a lot of horror movies and and things like that. I also have a series with them called The Disc Dive, which is a concept I came up with where I get with a musician and we talk about every single record in their discography. (laughs) It might be a couple sentences about one, it might be 30 minutes about another, but I thought it was a fun idea. And I was uh, very happy to have Ace Frehley, uh, of course, one of the four founding members of KISS. As one of the guests on that, it was the first Zoom interview Ace ever did in his life, I was told, by his publicist at the time, my good friend Bill. That was rad. You can see that on the Notfest channel. I've had Caleb Shomo from Beartooth, who's another big Metallica fan that I will have on Speaking Destroy at some point. We did a just dive with him where we talked about the much maligned Attack Attack as well as all of the Beartooth stuff. I talked to Miles Kennedy of Alter Bridge and the Slash Band about all the different records and all the different projects he's been part of. One of my best friends in the world, Andy Biersack of Black Veil Brides. Spencer Chamberlain from Under Oath. So all that stuff is up there. And anyway, that's just kind of a fest overview to tell you that I had been talking to that camp, the Slipknot camp, for a while about having Corey Taylor on Speaking Destroy because I know that he is a Metallica fan. And not only that, there have been a lot of collisions, associations between Metallica and Slipknot over the years, going all the way back to Slipknot first getting to open for them, I believe in New York State. Uh, I believe they toured with them in the UK. It might have been Stone Sour, it might have been Slipknot. Sorry, it's been a couple months since I did this interview, so forgive me for being a little rusty on that detail. But you know, Corey and I were born the same year. We're both from the Midwest. And we have so many of the same cultural reference points. We got into so much of the same stuff at the same time. And interestingly enough, though, I had met him on a couple of occasions over the years. In my 25, 30 years as a professional journalist, yikes, I'd never actually interviewed him until this point. So we've been talking about doing Speak and Destroy stuff. And then with the occasion of the Metallica Blacklist, we said, well, let's do an interview that's kind of like a speaking destroy interview because it's about Metallica with Corey, but put it up via the Notfest platforms. So that interview, which was a uh, video interview conducted over Zoom or Skype or whatever, Corey and I, it's about an hour plus long. It's like a podcast episode. It is living on the Notfest YouTube channel where you can go and find it. And we talk all about Metallica. We talk about Joey Jordison, rest in peace, filling in on drums for Metallica at a huge festival, and how, you know, Corey was one of the folks standing right up there on stage with Joey, watching him do it. We talked all about that. Super amazing. We talked about his discovering Metallica. Again, all the kind of things that I like to talk about in these conversations we have. On Speaking of Destroy. It was very, very cool. Another thing that him and I have in common is our love for The Young Ones. The legendary, short-lived, iconic, British, 80s sitcom variety show. Which the, there's a <laughs> there's an Easter egg for any other fans that might be listening of The Young Ones. Variety show, because they got to have music. First time I saw or heard Motorhead was Motorhead playing in the living room in The Young Ones' house. In an episode of The Young Ones. And they had madness and... All kinds of amazing music happened through that show, but we talked about that. We talked about Headbangers Ball. We talked about being Generation X in general, the Midwest, but again, a lot, a lot of Metallica. At some point, I may take some bits and pieces of that and push it out audio-wise via Speak & Destroy, uh, but we wanted to give it a, a nice long opportunity to live there on the Notfest platform, which again is where you can check that out. So that was one thing that I was up to in the last few months. By no means the reason why there hasn't been an episode in a few months, but just the, one of the things is I kind of go through the list here. Speaking of Not Fest, I also went to my first real big show since lockdown. My last show that I went to prior to the onset of the 2020 COVID 19 pandemic was actually one of two nights that Jerry Cantrell, the great Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, played in LA at a small venue that used to be at one point, a church at another point, a synagogue and still retains a lot of uh, iconography and symbolism from those two former uh, uses. it's now a live venue. It holds, I think about 700 people. So very intimate for somebody like Jerry. And he did two nights there. A lot of just solo songs, acoustic format, I should add, Uh, you know, everybody was sitting down on stage and he had a lot of, Extra musicians with them, Gil Sharon from Marilyn Manson and Dillinger Escape Plan playing drums. Tyler Bates, the composer who did a lot of uh, Rob Zombie's early movies and Guardians of the Galaxy, and a lot you know the Deadpool movies, a lot of bigger movies these days. He was another one of the musicians up there. I want to say the bass player is the guy who used to be in Megadeth and like White Lion before that and then was out of Megadeth when Speaking of Story podcast guest David Elfson was back in the band for a decade. And James Lomenzo, that's the guy's name, he uh, now is back in Megadeth, or at least was you know, the touring bass player on this uh, metal tour of the year that happened over the summer with Megadeth, Lamb of God, Trivium, and Hatebreed. And in that list, you just heard... There's a bunch of Speaking of Story podcast guests. Mark Morton from Lamb of God, of course, was on an early episode of the show. Jamie Josta from Hatebreed has been on. I've got to get... It's kind of criminal that I'm 100 plus episodes in and haven't had anyone from Trivium on, let alone everyone from Trivium. That's been on the list for sure. And that's something I will talk about also in this episode some of the upcoming guests. So anyway, that was the last show that I went to prior to the COVID-19 lockdown, and uh, it was it was incredible. You know, a great set list, a lot of Alice in Chains songs that I love, a lot of deep cuts and that sort of thing. So, I didn't go to another show. Even kind of when shows came back, I just didn't by, you know, the calendar, or whatever you want to call it. There were a lot of different reasons. The first show that I went to was a group called Photo Crime, spelled with an F, F F-O-T-O-C-R-I-M-E, who do kind of a post-rock, 80s, new wave, dark, new romantic, indie pop. (laughs) I realized, man, do I sound like a music journalist? Just a really, really cool band. It is kind of a one-man project. Uh, My buddy Ryan Patterson has been one of my very good friends since the 90s. We used to do a fanzine together, just a one of the best dudes, another fellow Midwesterner. He's from Kentucky. He does uh, the Shirt Killer Merchandise Company, who does a lot of merch for Integrity and Dead Guy and Botch and a lot of sort of Noisecore era bands. He does a clothing line called Cat Magic Punks. He used to be in a band called Coliseum, which is another band that I really, really love. And if you were familiar with Coliseum or a fan of their later work, what he's doing in photo crime is really kind of the natural evolution from Where Things Left Off with Anxiety's Kiss from Coliseum, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. This is really kind of unfettered by any idea of hardcore. There's no drummer. It's all drum machine and loops. He's recorded a bunch with Jay Robbins from Jawbox, who, of course, has produced a lot of great indie rock records and stuff over the years. But anyway, I got to go see Photo Crime at a bar in Long Beach, and that was my first show back. And it was great because I love, love the band, love the records he's made, including one that came out this year, which is also on my list of 2021 favorites, along with that Zayo record. But, you know, I got to see a a really close friend and uh, hang out and catch up a little bit in person. And the show was just super cool. I didn't know until I got there that Long Beach or the surrounding areas and or the surrounding areas has a contingent of like young goths, the way that you will... Sometimes go to a metal show in LA and see like teenage thrashers who look like they stepped out of 1985 with like, you know, white puffy Nike tennis shoes and ripped jeans and bullet belts and long hair and denim vests and like a crisp brand new Dark Angel t-shirt. But they're young, right? This is how it was the photo crime show. There were a lot of goths there who looked like they could be hanging out at an 80s goth club in the 80s but we're there now and we're like kids you know or i guess it was a bar so late teens early 20s but it was really cool and really encouraging to see as somebody who loves you know metal and a lot of 80s new wave it was very cool to see that so that was my first show back and then my first like show festival like gotta figure out the parking lot situation gotta go get My lamb in it, gotta find out where I need to be and when, and, and all that sort of thing. Like, big show was Not Fest LA, which was the culmination of the Not Fest roadshow that went around the country, which was headlined by Slipknot, of course. Main support from Kill Switch Engage and Fever 333 and Code Orange as the openers. When the tour stopped in LA and its last date for the year, it was uh, a festival, they made it into Not Fest. And really what made it a festival was the addition of Cherry Bombs, which is uh, Corey Taylor's wife, her kind of dance theater performance thing, which was really cool to see. A lot of aerialists and things like that. And Bring Me the Horizon, who were uh, build over Killswitch and just before Slipknot in that direct support slot. It was at the Bank of California Stadium, which I'd never been to before, which is the newer uh, football, as they say in most of the world, soccer, as we say here. Stadium. Uh, so it was a very cool venue, and I was there as part of the NotFest team. So we had a whole media platform. It was like I felt like it was I was on ESPN or something like sports commentators. We had this big platform in the venue, kind of overlooking the whole thing. And Daniel Decay and Whitney Moore and you know a bunch of my colleagues from NotFest and from the NotFest Twitch stuff. We were all there, doing our thing and uh, live streaming from the show. And then I was also planning backstage for the majority of the day, uh, you know, kind of popping in off and on into the live stream. But most of the day I was backstage doing interviews and I got to sit down and chat with some of the guys from Vended, whose uh, lead singer is best known right now as Corey Taylor's kid. Keep in mind, this was their first video interview they've ever done. Not Fest LA was, I believe, their fourth show. And as I told Griffin Taylor, who looks exactly like his dad, but super young, you know, hey, once upon a time, Miley Cyrus was just Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter. You know, now she's Miley Cyrus. So don't let the bastards get you down. So we talked a lot about, you know, some hate comments and things like that they've gotten online. But they put on a really energetic show. They were really fun to talk to. I also spoke with Jamie, the singer from Code Orange. That was a cool interview. Jason Butler from Fever 333, who I've known for 15, 20 years now, uh, since he was in a band called Let Live. Good friend of mine, dude that I really love, and it was really great to get to catch up with him. They just dominated. I mean, it's hard to steal the show with a lineup like that, but I would say Fever 333 kind of stole the show. I mean, he was, you know, at one point stripped down to his... Underwear emblazoned with a big lion or tiger or something on it, and did like an ollie from one drum riser to another. I, he was, I like put dumped a trash can on his head. It was amazing. He was great. And prior to that show, about a week beforehand, in the run up to it, I went on Instagram Live for about forty five minutes and moderated a conversation between Corey Taylor and Ollie Sykes uh, Bring Me the Horizon, where they talked about discovering each other's band and bring me covering a Slipknot song a long time ago and playing shows together and kind of, you know, comparing and contrasting their career trajectories and artistic values. And it's a really cool conversation. It was fun to get to kind of guide that and get them talking. And, and once they got talking, it was, uh, off to the races. So all of that, that I just described from not LA, the Corey Taylor Metallica blacklist conversation, the Corey and Ollie Sykes, interview that is all at the not fest youtube channel which is just you know not fest k-n-o-t f-e-s-t closing in on a 100,000 subscribers which is pretty rad because i believe when we did the you know media brand switch over when the pandemic started i think there was maybe 30,000 subscribers so people have definitely been reacting really positively to it and Cory and Clown and their management are very much about not just showcasing stuff they love, but making this like a very sort of broader, more inclusive, extreme culture site, as opposed to, oh, this is a Slipknot website and everything is Slipknot and and vended all day long and (laughs) all their related projects and Clown's Whiskey and all that. And, of course, that stuff does show up here, because why wouldn't it? And they get to kind of control their own narrative press wise, knowing that a lot of press will pick up the stuff that they publish, but there is so much more happening on there. There are a bunch of other personalities. There are a bunch of other interviewers. There's a bunch of content, there's podcasts and we're just interviewing people left and right all the time. I would recommend if you are a Twitch user to check out Notfest daily, which is something that the great Alicia, a from Canada hosts, and she has a lot of bands on there and stuff and they check out new music and videos and all that sort of stuff. So, There is an unofficial unpaid plug for NotFest and uh, NotFest Daily. But that was another big thing that I was doing over the last few months, and I'm still continuing to do. Something else that might interest you. So Doc Coyle, the only, so far, three-peat guest on Speaking Destroy, former guitarist for God Forbid, guitarist in Bad Wolves, and also a member of The Wedding Band, the cover band with Kirk Hammett and Rob Trujillo. I was on Doc's podcast for the second time. He does a great podcast called The X-Man. And we were talking specifically about streaming, album sales, merch sales, ticket attendance, Spotify, Apple Music, anything and everything about how the relative popularity of Metal bands in particular, Hard Rock, Punk, Metal, Alternative, are compared. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I do an industry newsletter called Stream and Destroy, which actually goes back to, man, probably 2007? I've been doing it for a very long time. I was an early adopter to uh, Substack about two years ago. Moved it over there. But uh, basically, Stream & Destroy, it comes out once, twice, sometimes three times a week. It gives a picture of the hard rock, metal, and alternative music numbers uh, specifically. So, I comb through all the available data from the Billboard charts to the Spotify charts. And everything as it's emerging, social media and Basically, present it in a way that filters out a lot of the noise in terms of metrics that people who work in that part of the industry aren't going to care about. So, the majority of the people who subscribe to Stream and Destroy are, uh, first of all, they're all interested in metal, hardcore, punk, hard rock, and the adjacent subgenres. Most of them work in the music business in some capacity, either they're in a professional touring and recording band or they are a manager booking agent. They work at a merchandise company, a record label, a radio station, a music media publication, so on and so forth. So anyway, Doc got into this Twitter conversation with uh, the guys who run Lamgoat about basically Lamgoat had published a story and other sites had done it as well about bullet for my Valentine not making it onto the billboard 200 chart for the first time since like their first album or something. And, you know, doc sees some of these stories as kind of counterproductive and maybe dancing on a band's grave. And especially prematurely, if we're just looking at record sales and chart positions and not the holistic picture of all the different data streams that can be measured now. So we had a, a pretty lively and spirited discussion. It was doc and myself, Eric German, the attorney for AWOL Nation, Five Finger Death Punch, Ice Nine Kills, Asking Alexandria, a bunch of other bands, and a big Metallica fan who's been a guest on Speaking Destroy also. See, there's a lot of crossover here. It was me, Eric, Doc, and my buddy Mike Mowry, who's one of my oldest friends in this thing of ours, as I like to call it. I've known Maori since the 90s. Mike used to be the manager for the band Refused. He's the manager for Ice Nine Kills, a band who's having a lot of success in the genre right now. He works at 10th Street, which is the management home to Motley Crewe and a bunch of other bands, Bad Wolves. You know, Eric is, is also the lawyer for Bad Wolves. So the four of us got on and just kind of each gave our, our perspective about all this stuff. So if you follow me on social media, you can dig through you know, at Ryan Downey on Twitter, at Ryan J Downey underscore on Instagram, which I've changed it to recently. And find that episode of the X-Man podcast, that's EX-Man, either through my socials or, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. Actually, it's pretty widely available and a pretty popular podcast in the space. So I would recommend checking that out. And speaking of Eric German, Eric and Andrew Carter, who's been on the podcast quite a bit, the three of us are headed up for the Metallica 40th anniversary celebrations in San Francisco, This week, I am taping this on Monday, December 13th. I'll be flying up to SF on Thursday if all goes according to plan, and we'll be there until Monday night. So, if you're listening to this and we know each other, or we only know each other through the podcast, or you recognize me from the podcast, feel free to come and say hello, all Metallica fans. I will be there. I'll be hanging with Andrew. Andrew is the former deputy editor for the magazine terrorizer in the nineties, huge Metallica fan, obviously a long time attorney now, uh, works for one of the major movie studios and Eric, I just described, but also a Metallica fan. They've both been on before. We will probably do some kind of speaking to story recap episode, uh, you know, in the aftermath of the 40th stuff. But as of right now, there's a bunch of Metallica related events happening all around the city. I know that, we are going to the show, the Metallica show, on Friday night and on Sunday night. Andrew and I actually went to the s and 2 tapings, the first night of the snm 2 tapings, at that same venue, which was the first concerts ever in that venue. It's like a brand new venue up there. Super nice as far as big venues go. And we are also going to see Doc play with the wedding band at, I believe, the Fillmore on Friday night, which is like immediately following... Metallica show on Friday night. I'm going to just look at my calendar, and since I said I'm not going to do a lot of editing, I'm going to do it in real time. Yep, the Fillmore, which was the site of the 30th anniversary shows 10 years ago. I did not get a chance to go up to those. I do have all of the shows in my uh, iTunes, and I have watched all of them on YouTube many times. Didn't get to make it up there. A lot of friends were there. Didn't want to miss the 40th. I don't know how or if, or if they should even try, they could possibly top what they did for the 30th. I mean, that was four shows, and it what's an intimate venue for them. And as most of you listening to this show will know, they did, like, every song imaginable. They played four very different sets, and they had a ton of guests. You know, everyone from... People from Black Sabbath, you know, to uh, Animal from Anti-Nowhere League, who was on the show and talked about that, to Brian Tatler from Diamond Head, same deal there, he's been on Speaking of Story, we talked about the 30th anniversary shows, Glenn Danzig, King Diamond, which I think was King Diamond's first show back after his uh, heart surgery, which is pretty incredible, and every conceivable living ex-member. Newstead played quite a few songs. Dave Mustaine played with them for the first time, if we're not counting the Big Four Jams, which were like members of all four bands doing covers, but this was Mustaine, just Mustaine and Metallica playing Mustaine-era Metallica songs. It was pretty incredible. Ron McGovney, the original bass player from Metallica, got up and played some songs. Lloyd Grant, who plays the solos on that original first-issued recording of Hit the Lights, Hugh Tanner, who was in the band Leather Charm with James Hetfield prior to Metallica. All those guys were there. And just, again, so many guests, so many different songs. I don't know how in two shows they could repeat that or that they'll even try. I am hoping, for the sake of it being the 40th anniversary celebration and for all these people coming in from around the world, that it is a little different than the sets that they've been doing at all these festivals this year, which are awesome. You know, but they've they've been playing, you know, Aftershock and Louder Than Life and a lot of these festivals put on by Danny Wimmer Presents where they play two different nights and one set tends to favor the Black Album pretty heavily and then the other set's pretty different. And look, if it ends up being those same kind of sets, I'm not going to be disappointed. It's Metallica. It's going to be awesome. It's their adopted hometown. I'm psyched about it either way, but I'm interested to see kind of what tricks they might have up their sleeves. If I were to make a prediction, and I talked to Andrew this morning and he agreed, I don't imagine they're going to have a gazillion guests again, because it just, I mean, it just seemed like such an undertaking. I mean, all these guests that they flew in last time, 10 years ago. And I don't know that they're going to have Ron McGovern and Hugh Tanner and Lloyd Grant and Dave Mustaine and all of those folks up there. My prediction is, in terms of ex-members, that jason newstead we will see and he may be the only one that we see and part of that will be because this year is also of course the 30th anniversary of the black album and there's been a lot of stuff happening around that including jason doing press for it jason actually appeared on the talk to me podcast done by my buddy josh toomey i've, I've actually been on that podcast as well and plan to have josh on here at some point that podcast is actually through Not fest now so you can watch those videos of his conversation with Newstead at the Knotfest YouTube channel as well. But yeah, he made himself available even for press uh, to talk about the Black Album and of course did that Black Album unboxing video, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen. So, And by the time you listen to this even, the shows may have already happened, so you might be having a laugh about how wildly correct or incorrect my predictions for these shows are. We'll see, but uh, definitely looking forward to it. There's also a Ross Halfen photo exhibit that's happening uh, i believe on this on saturday and that's going to be moderated by stefan Terazzi, who of course is the longtime journalist and guy who you know did so what magazine and does a lot of stuff for the metallica fan club and i believe is on the metallica payroll i believe he works for metallica and q prime as his gig for a number of years now so he'll be there moderating that dean del rey who's been on Speak and Destroy fairly recently in terms of, of guests, who's a stand-up comedian, Bay Area native, he, he lives in L.A., uh, somebody that I knew independently of our mutual Metallica love, does a very popular podcast called Let There Be Talk, which is, of course, an awesome name for a podcast, was kind enough to come on my show, and he told me that he doesn't do a lot of podcasts. You know, he's, he's friends with Bill Burr, he tours with Bill Burr a lot, he does Bill's podcast. He's done WTF with Mark Maron. He's buddies with Joe Rogan through the comedy scene. He's done Rogan's podcast. And he did mine. So I was very flattered that uh, you know he, he chose mine as, as one of the few that he does because he does all the big ones. But he loves Metallica and he wanted to come talk. He had Kirk on an episode of Let There Be Talk that went for like three or four hours or something. Uh, it's super rad. And Dean's going to be hosting an event for the band – one one night this week maybe it's thursday uh don't quote me on that but somewhere in there and again you can look at the speaking of story twitter account because i tweeted about this from there uh but the great dean del rey will be involved in the metallic 40th celebration so i know there's going to be a lot of friends there a lot of people running around looking forward to kind of being out and about and and seeing people for the first time in a couple years and that's going to be you know what a great place to do it right what a great reason to celebrate. So, a couple other things quickly if you're still hanging out listening to Host Solo Take 1 before I dig into the whole cover song thing that I promised at the top of the show, I want to mention a couple other things I've been up to the last couple months if you're interested. One of them has been a couple of liner notes projects actually for two different box sets. One is a collection of four albums From a particular band. Another is one album from a band celebrating a 20th anniversary. I'm realizing as I'm saying this that I probably am not supposed to divulge the existence of either of those projects because I don't think they've been announced yet. But the liner notes has been pretty extensive. In one case, I've interviewed everyone involved with a particular record, all the band members and the producer, and and I'm putting together a big oral history. For the other, I interviewed the gentleman who is the consistent member on all four of the records in that box set. And it's less of an, or- I mean, it is a history and there's a lot of quotes from the artist in question, but it's also kind of a narrative that I wrote uh, for those liner notes. So as those get announced, I will obviously uh, post about them and stuff like that. So you'll know what the heck I was talking about right now. I also moderated a Q and a event for the band under Roth, old friends of mine also who did, Uh, a really cool kind of combination live stream cinematic film presentation around their brand new album, which comes out in January. And that was a lot of fun. And yeah, and then there's also my management work. If you don't know, I uh, founded a company called superhero artist management back in 2003. I'm the longtime manager for demon hunter, Jeremiah Scott, the guitar player from demon hunter has been on the show going to have Patrick Judge, the other guitar player, on at some point. At some point, I'll have Ryan Clark, the singer, on as well, I'm sure. And Zeus, who is also going to be on Speak and Destroy. I think we're going to make that happen in 2022. It's it's way past time. We've talked about it forever. We just haven't actually carved out the time and, and made the episode. But Zeus is a longtime friend, longtime client. He is a producer, engineer, and composer. He produced and mixed the last handful of Rob Zombie albums, Including the one that came out this year, which one of the songs from that record that Zeus produced and mixed was nominated for a Grammy. And that's pretty awesome. It's uh, not the first Grammy nomination for Zeus, but it's the first since he and I started working together professionally in like 2010 or thereabouts. Very proud of that, very psyched, uh, obviously hoping for a win, but it is indeed just a pleasure to be nominated. And uh, Zeus also did the score, composed the score for Three from Hell, Rob's most recent film, to come out. And prior to that, him and Rob and John Five and Bob Marlette all together composed the score for the movie 31. In addition to that, he's done most of the records in the Hatebreed catalog over the years, going way back to Shadows Fall albums. He's done several of the recent records with Queensryche, featuring the great vocalist Todd Latour, as well as Todd's semi-recent solo album. He's done Whitechapel, Oceano, uh, Throwdown, which was how I first met him, uh, as managing Throwdown. He's worked with Throwdown a bunch. It's a lot of great records. If you go to Zeus, that's spelled with two S's, zeusproducer.com, you can check out his whole extensive discography of just every metal and metalcore band and punk band you've ever heard of in addition to the Rob Zombies and so forth. Um, very busy, very prolific If there's any kind of glass half full in the music industry with the pandemic and the shutdown and no one being able to tour, it's that a lot of records got made. So he's been busy. The Demon Hunter guys have been busy. Demon Hunter's actually been working on a new record called Exile, which comes out next year at some point. There's been a whole lot going into that. They have a fan club, which we actually started way back in 2007, called The Blessed Resistance, where we've been posting a lot of stuff related to the making of the record. Eventually, more of that will come out publicly. More stuff like that will come out publicly, rather. But uh, yeah, it's the 11th Demon Hunter record. They put out two albums, Use Your Illusion style, War and Peace, in March 2019. And then this year, March 2021, a record called Songs of Death and Resurrection, which are acoustic renditions it's weird to call them even acoustic. It's sort of reimagined, we call them resurrected versions of a lot of Demon Hunter songs from over the years. They're they're in the acoustic format, but there's a lot of additional instrumentation, strings, piano, a really, really talented piano player and singer named Joanna Ott, who's actually Jeremiah's sister-in-law, performed all over the record. Chris Carmichael, who's been on their records before, who's a great string player. He's all over it. It's a lot of really cool, lush, different-sounding versions of Demon Hunter songs from over the years. So really cool. And one more thing I will mention, and I guess sort of plug that i worked on in the last few months, was the Phantom Cast, which was a podcast series, one of those kind of docu-series where... You know, I did a lot of editing and a lot of uh, intermingling of different sound bites from different people all over the place about the making of and the concept behind and everything involved in the new Blackville Brides album, The Phantom Tomorrow. So I interviewed all five band members from that, including Christian Coma, who's been on Speak and Destroy, as well as uh, the guitar players Jinx and Jake Pitts, who are both guys that I plan on having on here. They, of course, made a record with Bob Rock, their big. Metallica fans needless to say but yeah I did this whole podcast series where I interviewed all five members of the band as well as their manager some people from their record label Eric Ron who produced their album people who worked on their music videos a photographer who's worked with them a bunch basically getting the whole story and, and breaking it up into a I think it was a four episode series I put that out through pop curse which is the overall brand that I like to do everything under as well as the Musicians Talking Movie podcast that I do. I figured rather than start another podcast when I already have enough of them and I'm not keeping up on them regularly, rather than start another podcast just for four or five episodes, I decided to put that through the uh, Pop Curse brand, which the band uh, happily agreed to that. And that came out, and a lot of people, a lot of their fans seemed to really dig it. And uh, yeah, it was fun doing that. Okay, so one more thing I'm going to plug here, as I mentioned, before we get into the Metallica cover song conversation, is the Speak and Destroy Patreon. And I won't belabor this, and I don't necessarily like putting out the beggar's hat. Uh, You know, Patreon, it it is a big help. I appreciate each and every one of you who has supported the show on Patreon so far. And uh, so (laughs) having said that, you know, sometimes it's a little tacky to... uh, Go over the top with like, please come on the Patreon. You have to. But it certainly does help. It certainly does cover a little bit of the expenses that go into producing a podcast like this. And I am continuing to try to make it worth everyone's while who's on there. So I'm opening up the Patreon right now just to take a look at what's in there. That uh, is exclusive to Speaking of Story Patreon supporters. There is the MP3 download of the Speaking of Stories theme by Scott Mellinger that I mentioned earlier. There is a bonus episode that is an interview with the great Glenn Danzig called from my interview archives. This was an interview from 2015 where we were talking about his cover record, which inevitably led to a conversation about Metallica's covers of Misfits songs. There is not one, but two different conversations with Kirk Hammett from my interview archives. One's from 2016 where we were talking about all kinds of stuff. Actually, 2016, it was before Hardwired was out. So we did talk a little bit about their upcoming record. We talked about his pedals. We talked about horror films. We talked about his hopes and dreams to someday make a horror movie. We talked about toys, Comic-Con, a a whole bunch of stuff. It was very, very cool. And another interview with Kirk uh, from all the way back in 2012, which was actually conducted at the Obey Your Master art show where a bunch of artists and musicians created art pieces based on Metallica, sometimes based on songs, sometimes based on the band themselves. Andy from Blackville Brides actually did a very cool painting of Cliff Burton that was there. Clown from Slipknot did some stuff. Uh, there were a bunch of cool people hanging out at that little tiny art opening at the Exhibit A Art Gallery run by Robert Vila it was Rick Rubin was there. Uh, Bob Lefsets. That was the first time I met Bob Lefsets in person. Uh, Shepard Ferry was DJing. It was a very cool event. And I got to talk to Kirk there. And uh, you can hear that conversation if you're a Patreon supporter. There's also a bonus episode with D. Randall Blythe of Lamb of God from an interview I did back in 2015. A conversation with Serge Tankian of System of a Down. Uh, conversation with J.D. Cronice from The Sword. And I'm also just posting stuff in there uh, a lot, like, you know, I mean, there's I'm, I'm throwing videos and stuff in there, you know, things that I find, but, it all, you know, some stuff from my own archives, like some record reviews, uh, a review that I did for Premiere Magazine, which used to be a big movie magazine back in the day, of Some Kind of Monster after I saw it at Sundance. Uh, I don't know that that review lives anywhere online these days, so I put that on there. I, I do stuff about upcoming guests. I ran a Q&A for my archives with System of a Down, a written Q&A. Uh, that was an interview I did with Darren and Serge around the time Mesmerize and Hypnotize came out. Uh Q&A with Whitechapel uh, that I did back in 2014. Ben Savage, the guitar player from Whitechapel, huge Metallica fan, and that's actually one of the upcoming episodes that I actually have in the bank that will be dropping at some point, either before the end of this year or early twenty twenty two. So yeah, that's uh just a little idea of a bunch of the stuff that is sitting there in the Patreon. I'm constantly trying to, like I said, make that worth the while of the people who are supporting the show that way. It is very cool of them and you are appreciated. I kinda of buried the lead, as they say in journalism. The other thing that was taking a lot of my time in the last few months, and one of the reasons why I should be able to get back into the podcast more regularly is I finished a book. I had a book come out a year ago this month. I wrote a book with Andy Beersack of Blackmail Brides called They Don't Need to Understand. It was a lot of fun to put together and very exciting to have it come out. And I finished, I think, 99.9% of the way there and just sort of waiting on all the finding out what the production turnaround is going to be and whatever, but the long ingestation book with Ronnie Radke, singer of falling in reverse, telling his whole story with him. And I actually started that book before I started Andy's book. And in the four years or so that I've been working on Ronnie's book off and on, you know, was able to do the whole book with Andy and get it out. So it's pretty exciting to now, you know, exactly one year later, be looking down the barrel of another book coming out written with another friend telling what I think is a very compelling story in both cases, whether you're a fan of Black Brides or Falling in Reverse or not, or even if you're a hater of either one of those bands, I think that the books are very interesting. Obviously I have a lot of self interest in saying that, but uh, if you go to Ryan you will see information about both books and uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of them and very excited for people to get their hands on them. And it's a nice place to be in creatively, professionally, to wrap up projects that I'm very excited about and start thinking about new projects and start figuring out also, I certainly want to continue forward with Speaking Destroy, Pop Curse, and No Prize From God, which are the podcasts that I do, uh, and figuring out sort of, you know, how that's going to work where that fits into all of the other things that I am currently doing and want to be doing and new things that I want to try. So look, I love the creative arts. I love all the different things I get to be part of. I love making things, I love collaborating, and most of all I love having conversations, which is where the podcast space is great, interview space, writing books, even social media, you know, to the extent that it is a tool for communication. conversation. I am here for it, as they say. So it's always a great time of year, you know, getting into the holidays to reflect and be psyched about things and to get psyched about things that are coming and sort of hit that reset. So with all of that out of the way, let's talk about some Metallica cover songs. I should probably go back in the intro and tell people, you know, where they can jump in if all they want to hear about is talking about Metallica's history with covers. But those of you who have listened to all of this part, I really appreciate it. And I hope you've enjoyed this kind of wacky, weird, different episode of Speak and Destroy. host solo take one. So let's talk covers. First of all, there is a Speak and Destroy YouTube channel, if you did not know. It currently has about 180 subscribers, which is pretty rad uh, considering... I've posted exactly four or five videos ever on the channel. That's going to change in 2022 as well. Right now there's an intro video. Welcome to Being destroy, which is me talking to the camera and explaining what the podcast is all about. And some of the guests who've been on it and so forth. I posted the entire interview with Phil towel, toll Kirsten, Kristen, the performance enhancement coach, who of course guided Metallica through their most tumultuous period as documented in the Some Kind of Monster documentary. One of my favorite episodes, a very deep conversation as only the great Phil can do. We did that over Zoom. It was, I believe, the first podcast he had ever done. I actually sat on the episode for a few months and it was funny because a couple other podcast interviews with him came out in the interim and it was a lesson for me and Oh, I guess you got to rush it out if you want to say it's the first one he he did, which it was. But, you know, others came out beforehand. Regardless, the more Phil in the world, the the better, because uh, any conversation with Phil is a great and enlightening one. And uh, this is actually, as I'm talking about it, a great reminder for me to reconnect with him because it was cool. And I'd like to pick that conversation back up. But anyway, you can watch all of that in its hour and 13 minute glory on YouTube, as well as... The Metallica at the Drive-In recap episode, which was my buddy Kevin Berwick and Andrew Carter, who I've mentioned a bunch of times already here. Andrew, Berwick, and I I saw the Drive-In show together, and Andrew saw it also, but not with us, at a different location. And so we kind of compared notes and just talked about the whole thing in general, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, did I say five videos? I guess it's four videos. The other one is a clip of the episode with Wes, the great guitarist, Wes Hotch, who was on the show semi-recently. We did that one over Zoom, so I have a recording of it, and there's a portion where he put on his guitar and started playing some stuff that we were talking about. And so I thought it'd be fun to throw that up as a little 20-minute clip. So that's up there. But... I think just as importantly, if not more so, are the playlists that I've curated on there even before I ever posted any videos on the Speaking Destroy channel. And there's a bunch of those. I have a collection of late night talk show appearances from Metallica. A playlist called Shenanigans, which has stuff like, you know, Lars and Kirk singing Happy Birthday to James with King Diamond back in the 80s. Uh, A whole collection of various times Metallica has performed and been interviewed on Howard Stern. A playlist of award show appearances, a playlist of Jason Newstead bass solos and lead vocal performances with Metallica and Newstead's various bands and so on. Uh, There's a playlist called Cover Them All, The Originals, which is 66 songs from Diamond Head and, you know, just all these great songs that Metallica has covered over the years. It's a collection of one place you can go to the speaking to Story YouTube channel and look at the cover of all the originals collection and, and hear all of those great originals of the different songs Metallica has covered over the years. And obviously when I say 66 songs, that's more than what's presented on the garage Inc. collection. So it's pretty comprehensive. I've got a Dave Mustaine collection on there. That's a bunch of clips of Dave Mustaine performing with Metallica. I think maybe even some clips of him talking about or with Metallica. I've got a road, Le- Load Reload Era playlist. A Hetfield playlist, which is Hetfield Performing Solo, of which he's done a handful of times, usually acoustic. That stuff is up there, and that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, digging into one of the playlists on there, which is called Cover em All Metallica. 118 videos collected there. Now, I will... Say that with the caveat that some of them, although not cert- by by no means most, but a handful of those are the Kirk and Rob doodles that they were doing once upon a time uh, when they played in my hometown of Indianapolis. They did a little bit of a Zero Boys song. Zero Boys being a legendary, somewhat obscure punk band from indie, one of indie's uh, punk cred claim to fames. So I thought it was very cool that they even knew about that or someone told them or whatever, and that they did some of the Zero Boys and one of those doodles. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I have a bunch of those on there. You know, they did a Poison Idea cover. They did that kind of infamous Prince cover. Dio, Stand Up and Shout. Uh, Green Monalishi. A, a bunch of that stuff. Anytime there was kind of a, a cover you know, White Wedding, that stuff's on there. But that is by no means what's filling up these 118 videos. These 118 videos are spanning the years, starting with. And I I think, you know, if you're listening to this, you have Garage Inc. I'm not going to bore you with all the stuff you already know about Garage Inc. I'm going to really try to highlight here some of the stuff that's in the playlist that maybe you don't know about. The first thing in the playlist, I have it arranged in chronological order also. You're welcome, uh, is their whiskey audition tape from March 1982, which was exactly as it sounds, a uh, rough, very rough recording by the original Metallica lineup of James, Lars, Dave Mustaine and Ron McGovernie, uh that was presented to the world famous Whiskey A Go Go here in California and West Hollywood, which is still a venue that is operating uh, so they could perform there. And that tape that they turned in is two cover songs. One is Killing Time by Sweet Savage. And the other is Let It Loose by the band Savage. So we got Sweet Savage and a uh, Savage on there. Killing Time uh, by Sweet Savage. I believe that was an Irish band. I actually met somebody from that band years ago at the Milwaukee, no, not the Milwaukee Metal Fest, the New Jersey Metal Fest. That's Sorry, that's a horrible anecdote because I don't remember much about meeting him except that he was Irish, I'm Irish-American, and that he was in an obscure band who Metallica covered on that Whiskey Audition tape. Of course, you've probably heard Killing Time. Maybe you haven't heard Let It Loose. Either way, you, you maybe haven't heard either of these recordings as they do date from 1982, and they do feature Ron McGovern on bass and Dave Mustaine on lead guitar. The next one, also from way back in the day, is a Diamond Head cover, of course. You're you're thinking, I've heard all the Diamond Head covers. Well, maybe you haven't, because this is the song Sucking My Love, and this goes back to what is commonly referred to in the fan community as Ron McGovern's Garage Demo from 1982, which was Hit the Lights, Jump in the Fire, which was a song in its original version that Mustaine had brought over from his old band Panic. Lyrics are a little different than what appeared on Kill Em All. Killing Time, Let It Loose, Sucking My Love, The Prince, Am I Evil, and Helpless. A lot of Diamond Head in there. Kind of almost a Diamond Head cover band when they started. There's also what a lot of fans call the Power Metal demo, which is Hit the Lights, Jump in the Fire, The Mechanics, which of course is the original version of what became The Four Horsemen and what still exists as The Mechanics on the first Megadeth album. We've talked about Mechanics and Four Horsemen many times on this show, including Rob Flynn and I talking about how we prefer the Megadeth version musically and the Metallica version lyrically. I believe that is the correct opinion on the distinction between those two songs. Love them both. No life till leather demo. Uh, You know, there's a bunch of stuff uh, floating around on there on YouTube, but I, but I have put together from the whiskey audition, those two covers. And then from the, uh, Ron McGovern's garage practice demo, whatever you want to call it of diamond head sucking my love. I believe that's the only version of that out there. I have Am I Evil on there, which is, duh, probably the most famous Metallica cover, or at least was at one time back in the day. But this is a performance specifically from the Metal Hammer Festival in 1985, which of course means the Mighty Cliff Burton is on bass, And uh, it's just a cool video that I found and threw into this playlist of them doing Diamond Heads Am I Evil. Blitzkrieg another song see some of these that are like that you you're familiar with because they're very common metallica staples and they're on garage inc and or they're on and or you know garage days or they were bonus tracks on Kill 'Em all or they were b-sides on those old singles all those songs when i put them in here i very specifically sought out cooler kind of odd live versions that are different than what you've heard so this is a performance of blitzkrieg in canada in 86 that i've got on here again that's uh obviously cliff burton on bass. this is the master of puppets stage show i believe this might actually be a show from the aussie tour and it's very cool so what we come to next and this is where we're really digging in this is really the kind of obscure of the obscure and shout out to the melania channel which a lot of you are undoubtedly familiar with. They have 100,000 subscribers, big Metallica fan channel, cool Metallica Instagram account. I believe they follow the Speak and Destroy Instagram account as well. This is a medley from 1987 in Sweden. And this medley is Trapped Under Ice. It is also Run to the Hills by the Great Iron Maiden, Return of the Vampire by the Great Merciful Fate, and the Peanuts theme. So you get the Peanuts theme, <laughs> a little bit of the Peanuts theme, a little bit of Return of the Vampires, some Run to the Hills, and then into Trapped Under Ice from 1987 in Sweden. 87, obviously, now we're talking Jason Newkid Newstead on bass. Uh, it's just very cool. It's one of those cool jamming around, messing around, being silly, funny, and fun things that we all love about Metallica. From the same year, August 20th, 1987 in London, is the band doing Crash Course in Brain Surgery. Uh, Again, one of those great uh, covers that we all know pretty well from the band, but this is a different version that maybe you haven't seen or heard. Dazed and Confused. Here's another jam. This is Belgium, 1988. A little bit of Zeppelin's Dazed and Confused into a couple of Iron Maiden songs, Prowler and Run to the Hills, into Helpless. So, again, another one of those cool, fun jam medleys from back in the day from 1988 we're talking and justice for all era and uh did i say 1988 yeah 1988 so that's pretty cool hearing james sing maiden is always interesting as this commenter says on youtube it's pretty cool another jam kind of from that same kind of thing that they were doing in in those years in the late 80s this is from 1989 in philadelphia they do helpless and last caress They do a little bit of Maiden's Run to the Hills again and a little bit of La Bamba. That's right, La Bamba by the late great Big Bopper, Richie Valens. Did I say Big Bopper? Sometimes you get Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and Richie Valens confused. I can't imagine why. Uh, Richie Valens, La Bamba, kind of made famous later on by Los Lobos in their cover from the movie of the same name, telling the story of the late. Richie Valens is played by Lou Diamond Phillips bread fan live in Seattle, 1989. You've probably seen that or heard that going to Brazil for another version of iron maidens prowler. This one from 1989, Sao Paulo, October 7th, 89, right off the master tape iron maidens prowler. And then jamming into some other maiden songs as well as they were often want to do. We got some, am I evil and helpless in Birmingham in 1992, We have a Metallica drum battle, which, of course, uh, was a staple of some of the Black Album shows. This is in San Francisco. You get some London Dungeon by the Misfits, some Iron Man, of course, by Black Sabbath, and a little bit of a Kirk solo. But yeah, James on drums, the drum battle. We all know James Hetfield is himself a great drummer. This is a famous and fun one. This is Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath and James Hetfield with the surviving members of Queen at the Freddie Mercury tribute in 1992 doing stone cold crazy. So yes, you've heard stone cold crazy, but have you seen this Freddie Mercury tribute clip where it's Hetfield doing it live with Queen and with Tony Iommi, who is uh, good buddies with Brian May quick story. I got to do an interview with Tony Iommi a few years ago. I would I hosted a a maybe I still host it it's kind of up in the air post pandemic but at the Musicians Institute in Hollywood uh, put on an event with my buddy Josh Bernstein called the MI conversation series where I sit down with a guest and interview them for an hour hour and a half and then we do about 30 minutes of audience questions it's very similar to inside the actor studio if you've ever seen that with James Lipton we like to call it inside the actor studio for bands I've done Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco, Good Charlotte, Sum 41, Falling in Reverse, Black Veil, Motionless and White. I had Rob Halford there a couple of times, one of which I turned the audio into an episode of Speaking Destroy, one of the early episodes of Speaking Destroy. But I got to have Halford there twice. I had Miles Kennedy there. And Tony Iommi, man, which was uh, obviously one of my favorites. He was so cool. The conversation was awesome we had this moment. Uh, it's hard to even call it backstage. There's a very tiny green room there. It's a very nice auditorium on the, the campus in Hollywood. It seats about 500 people. A nice little stage. Great sound in there. There's always gear up there. But there's a little tiny green room that uh, usually the guest and I and whoever's there with them. And some of the staffers from MI are, are sitting there right before the guest and I will go out on stage. And there was this moment where it was just... Tony Iommi and I, (laughs) whoever else had been in the room with us, uh, was, was out of the room for whatever moment that was. And he just comes over and he's very funny, by the way, uh, the dark Lord of the riff is how to call him. He, he comes over and he, and he pulls out his iPhone and he says, Ryan, uh, are you familiar with this? I can't do his accent, but he's like, he's like, are you, are you familiar with this app? Face swap? And I'm like, uh, Yeah, Tony Iommi, I've I've heard of Face Swap. So here's, you know, the man whose fingers created heavy metal uh, standing there with me, showing me his iPhone, showing me Face face Swap. And he's like, check this out. And uh, he's just showing me, you know, some funny pictures in Face Swap. And who is he swapping faces with? Brian May. (laughs) And he's like not even... That's like not even the thing. He just wants to show me face swap. And it just so happens that the last time he did face swap and swapped faces with someone, it was Brian May. So here's this picture of Tony Iommi and Brian May, (laughs) two living legend icons, two of the most important bands of all time, you know, hanging out somewhere, doing face swap on the app together. And uh, just, you know, I mean, talk about goosebumps. I don't know where that ranks. It's somewhere very high in my all time life moments. Of this little private moment, with Tony Iommi showing me face swap, and then it, it was already crazy. Everything about that sentence is crazy. And then add to that, the face swap is him and Brian May. So yeah, Tony Iommi and Brian May, uh, surviving members of Queen, and James Hetfield, '92 Freddie Mercury benefit doing Stokel crazy. It's very cool. Very cool. Also, 1992 Wembley Arena, the live debut of "So What" by Anti Nowhere League, featuring. Animal, the singer of Anti-Nowhere League. Now, if you've listened to the Speak and Destroy episode with Animal, one of my favorite episodes. I mean, we go through like his whole life story. We talk about him getting thrown off top of the pops for bringing a, a axe in his leather jacket. He was at this time working in construction, you know, doing uh, labor. You know, Anti-Nowhere League was was not a band; it wasn't active you know, was never necessarily popular. We're kind of one hit wonders with so what, which was actually the B side of a song that they were trying to push at the time. And because of Metallica, the great pay forward that they do with their influences, covering that song, popularizing it, people getting to know it, they brought him out on stage in 92 at Wembley arena to sing. So what? And it was really that appearance that kind of galvanized and, and resurrected Anti-Nowhere League. And Anti-Nowhere League has now been a band again since 92. Uh, post that appearance. Which I think is just very, very cool. About the power of uh, everything Metallica does. And just how cool it is. So yeah, this is 92 Wembley Arena. I've got that again in this playlist. Cover them all. Metallica, Speaking Destroy. Uh, very nice live video. Uh, where you can see Animal out there with the boys. Doing that song. Let's see, skipping up to 1993. Again, these are all in chronological order. This is just some cool video. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but when Merciful Fate reunited in the early 90s and put out a very cool record, that record had a song featuring Lars Ulrich. Of course, he's a a massive fan of of them and they were contemporaries and peers and they hung out a lot together especially back in the day, especially back recording Ride the Lightning and so on and this is just some cool video of Lars hanging out in the studio rehearsing and jamming and goofing around with Merciful Fate and I just kind of threw that in here because it's cool another Run to the Hills jam another live video this time from Miami, Florida in 94 Run to the Hills goes into Man in the Box. Alice in Chains, Man in the Box. Now, whatever you think about the Load Reload era, I am a fan of it. A supporter, a defender, long-time defender. I actually listened to Reload today. I listened to The Unforgiven 2 today while I was driving. Love Load and Reload with some exceptions. I've talked about it a bunch on the podcast, what I love about them, what I don't. But there's no denying the influence of Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and a lot of those bands on Metallica in the 90s. So I think it's interesting that you have this video here from 94, where they're just kind of loosely jamming on Man in the Box, considering that it would just be a short time later when the Load Reload era is unveiled and we see kind of, you know, that influence and that, that sound sort of uh, injected into the Metallica formula. It's very cool. Rob Halford who I just mentioned has sung Rapid Fire Judas Priest Rapid Fire with Metallica a handful of times over the years I got to witness it once at the Revolver Golden Gods Awards here in LA live and in person got to stand in the balcony and and watch the metal god sing with Metallica it was very cool uh, another time when I got to see Metallica at San Diego Comic-Con playing at a small theater in San Diego Halford was actually in the balcony himself watching and it was just really cool to look over and see Halford rocking out to metallica but this video is from 94 and this is like fight era Halford. so he comes out with kind of that anselmo look that he was rocking at the time with uh you know when he first you know he's doing the shaved head with the tattoos on on his head and uh he's wearing combat boots and shorts and just being the badass that rob Halford is in any era i i, I celebrate every era of Halford music and Halford fashion. Even even in two, I thought he looked cool. I thought he looked cool in the Turbo video. Uh, Fight me because you are wrong if you disagree. But uh, yeah, this is Halford doing rapid fire with Metallica in 94. Very cool video. 95, Castle Donington. I had to put this in there. And again, another shout out to Melania channel because this is another one that's from the Melania channel that they posted. But it's Metallica Donington, 95, Hetfield rocking the mullet. And this is just a little bit where they uh, they do these kind of, well, the, the video description is funny imitations of other bands, but basically the other bands who were on the bill at Donington with them in 95, they go through this whole thing where James talks about each band and they play a little bit of uh, each band's music, which includes Slayer. Slayer was a... Was it Donington in 95? Um, but yeah, so you get a little bit of corrosion conformity, holier. You get a little smoke on the water. One of the largest favorite bands, of course, of all time, Deep Purple. I think that might have been the first show we went to. You get White Zombie, More Human Than Human. GNR, Welcome to the Jungle. Slayer, back, Black Magic. Skid Rogue, Youth Gone Wild. And a little bit of therapy. I'm not quite sure what song that is. But uh, but yeah, they talk about each of those bands and do a little bit of that. I believe this is the Donington where those photos emerged. I think it was 95. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Somewhere in the 90s, there's a Donington where there's these photos. Uh, you know what? I'm definitely wrong because... Whoa, 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 wait a minute. (laughs) I'm thinking of the 80s because Jeff Young was in Megadeth. Jeff Young's in those pictures. There's these really cool pictures of Axel Slash, Lars, and Mustaine hanging out together. Mustaine's like putting Slash's top hat on Lars. It's amazing. I'm tired or something. I don't know how I'm mixing up decades here because this is 95. And that was a whole different Donington in the 80s. uh, Because like I said, Jeff Young, who was only briefly in Megadeth, is in those pictures. So... That's got to be so far, so good. So whatever, Megadeth. All right. One of my absolute favorites. I wish I had the whole thing on here. I've only got two of the songs. But if you have Garage Inc., you're familiar with the Motorhead covers, which you might not know is those Motorhead covers. I believe what's on Garage Inc. are rehearsals. But they did a show for Lemmy's 50th birthday in 1995, at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, the place that they had made that audition tape for back in 1982. Dressed as the Lemmys. Uh, these, those rehearsal songs originally came out as the quote-unquote motor headache mess. And it was a B-side to one of the Load or Reload era tracks in the 90s, which is how I originally had it, actually. I had that CD single, it had a really cool fold-out poster. But yeah, you've got Newstead playing a very Lemmy-esque Rickenbacker. And all of them are dressed like Lemmy. They're called the Lemmys. They've all got the Lemmy beard, except Lars. I don't think he went Lemmy beard, but the rest of them. They've got the Lemmy beard. They're all wearing aviator shades, black button ups, uh, halfway unbuttoned with the sleeves rolled up, bullet belts, and Lemmy wigs, because this is short hair, arrow metallica. And uh, man, it's cool. So I've got a couple of videos that I was able to find on YouTube up from that. One is them doing overkill. And the other is them doing the chase is better than the catch. And uh, man, I love, obviously, I love Motorhead. I love those Motorhead songs. I love those Metallica versions of Motorhead songs. Uh, that's a band that when Metallica covers them, kind of like Merciful Fate, uh, for, there's something about those bands in particular where there's just such a synergy. Metallica just does such a good job with those covers. That I, I I wouldn't say I prefer the Metallica versions, but I would say they're equal stature to me, you know. And I love Merciful Fate. There's no disrespect to the originators of these songs. I just I really really love these Metallica versions. I can listen to especially Overkill in particular Metallica doing Overkill. I could listen to that over and over and over and over. And I and I have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so two of those from uh, Lemmy 50th birthday party 1995. Hit the whiskey cocoa in Hollywood. Metallica as the Lemmys. Just so cool. And of course, Lemmy. Rest in peace. This solo episode's probably already too long for me to tell any of my Lemmy stories. So if anybody wants to hear them, let me know. I'll tell them in some other episode. But uh, I've got some cool Lemmy stories from over the years. For sure. 1996. We are squarely in the load reload era here. This is Metallica live at the MTV Europe Music Awards. Now, the reason why I'm putting this in here, because uh, it's, uh, you know, a song that I've already put in here that's already in the playlist and that we've all heard a lot before, but I'm putting this version in here because Metallica playing So What was super punk rock. They were scheduled to perform whatever it was they were scheduled to perform they came out. I think they did King Nothing, maybe, and then th- they weren't supposed to do this. They kind of viciously launched into So What, and this was again the MTV Europe Music Awards. A little, little more lax in Europe, obviously, but still, the lyrics to that song are not television friendly. Certainly not MTV friendly, and uh, yeah, they just—it was very punk rock of them, especially this is the Load era. Right? They sold out their alternative. Ugh, Kirk's wearing makeup, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah, they came out and played So What at the MTV Awards. pretty badass. So that's in here. You can watch that. And obviously, that's pro shot. It's from an MTV Awards. Here is, again, Load Reload Era. This is 97 in New York. They do a medley of My Sharona, Blackened, and So What. That's a fun one to watch. Tuesday's gone. This does appear, I think it's even this version from the Bridge School Benefit in 97 on Garage Inc with a gazillion guests, you know, Pepper Keenan from COC, John Popper from Blues Traveler, I believe Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, but this is the actual video of that, uh, which I think is fun to watch, and so that's on here. The entire set, speaking of Garage Inc, as I have many, many times here, the whole thing is on YouTube. It's almost two hours long. It's courtesy of a YouTube user named Metfan4l. I assume that's for life, who has 166,000 subscribers, so a popular Metallica fan YouTube channel. He's posted this this whole show, and it's remixed and remastered with CD audio. It says, but this was a show. I think it was actually an MTV special because I seem to remember watching this um, on MTV but this is a pro shot professional live TV broadcast TV broadcast. Yeah, it was MTV. I'm looking at it right now. Roseland ballroom, a small venue for them. And this is when they were doing that short tour where they played all covers. And then they had the Metallica tribute band battery open the show, which I think was genius by the way. And there's some Metallica tribute bands. I think there's a show with like three of them happening in San Francisco at the uh, 40th anniversary shows. This weekend. I don't know if I'm going to make it to those considering all the stuff that's happening there. But anyway, yeah, this is like almost a two hour show, a full Metallica set, pro shot, remixed, remastered. And it's a bunch of songs and I'm not going to tell you all the songs because it's a lot of them and they're all covers that you're going to be familiar with because it was as they were promoting garage Inc. That also means that we've got some professional music videos. Turn the page and whiskey in the jar, those videos were directed by the great, great, great. Jonas Ockerland, who was one of the original older, earlier members of the band Bathory, whose first music video was Candlemas, Bewitched, one of my favorite bands of all time, one of my favorite videos. And uh, he went on to do Lady Gaga and Madonna and all these massive videos, Britney Spears. And not not just those big artists, but, like, big videos for them that you will have seen, even if you hate those artists. And I I had Jonas Ackerland on Speaking Destroy, Story. That's in the archives back there. If you want to dig back into the episodes, if you didn't hear that one, very cool. He directed the Lords of Chaos movie. And while he was making that movie, had the actors who were playing the members of Mayhem dressed as Mayhem perform Man Unkind from Hardwired and that actually was then presented as the music video for Man Unkind. It's pretty cool. Jonas Ackerland. So yeah, I threw both of those professional music videos in there. This next one is from New Year's Eve in 1999. It is audio only, not video. There's just a photo. But I was actually at that show. That was in Detroit Rock City. And that's the song Detroit Rock City. New Year's Eve 1999, we're all waiting for Y2K to figure out what's going to happen. I was there with some good friends, and this was them doing Kisses Detroit Rock City with um, famous Trumpers, future Trumpers, Kid Rock and Ted Nugent, as well as members of Seven Dust. And so that's in here in the playlist. 1999 into 2000, Y2K, San Francisco, May 2000. This is Motorhead. Playing in San Francisco. Now, why is Motorhead in here, you ask? That's because Papa Het. James Hetfield got up on stage with M&SF and sang Overkill. Uh, Have fun if you want to watch this. It's in here just as a curiosity. I can't say that I particularly enjoy it, but this is Metallica doing Earache My Eye with uh, Members of Korn. I think this is Jason also singing. I think this might have been one of those shows where James was injured and they kind of carried on with Jason singing lead and, and a bunch of guests coming out and stuff. Uh, it's dumb. But uh it's on here if you want to watch it. Metallica featuring Bob Rock on bass. <laughs> In 2002, sand Anger era, they did a bunch of Ramones covers. Uh, it's like a 12-minute video here. And since they're Ramones songs, you know 12 minutes means like... What's that? Four songs? (laughs) Five songs? It's a bunch of Ramones songs. It's very cool. And it's video, and it's very uh, good video, very up close. It's funny to note that whoever filmed it kind of keeps the camera on the three guys and sort of crops Bob out a couple times. But uh, that's in there, as well as some audio of We're a Happy Family, which was a St. Anger-era B-side of Ramones cover, and Cretan Hop." Don't you think this Outlaw Bits done got out of hand? This is James Hetfield solo covering Waylon Jennings at a uh, tribute concert, I think. I want to say this was in Nashville. Uh, it's cool. It's Pro Shot. It, it aired on CMT, the country music television channel. So it is as Pro Shot as it gets. I'm going to blow through these because there's 188 of them. And you don't want to listen to this episode forever. But I'll just tell you some more highlights that are on here. Alice in Chains with James Hetfield doing Wood in 2006. And th- these are videos, by the way, unless I say otherwise, these are videos and, and almost all of them pro shot. Metallica playing with Black Sabbath. Or, I'm sorry, doing Black Sabbath songs at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, at the induction of Sabbath, they did uh, Iron Man... I mean, it was, it was it was cool, and some of that stuff's actually on Spotify, the audio of it. But this is this is the video version of it. This is Metallica covering Sabbath. The reason why I'm mixing this up is because there was another Hall of Fame that is actually Metallica playing with Sabbath, with Ozzy singing. Uh, but this is this one is just Metallica. They do A Hole in the Sky, some other stuff. Very cool. We have Bridge School Benefit doing. Rare Earths I Just Want to Celebrate, Veteran of the Psychic Wars, Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits, Garbage, Only Happy When It Rains. I I love that Bridge School 2007 performance. That actually is what made me like All Within My Hands, the acoustic version that they did there. made that song really, really cool. Merciful Fate Medley in Dallas, Texas in 2008 with King Diamond singing. Very cool. Uh, Metallica talking about how much he <laughs> talking about how much he loves Maiden and doing uh doing some of how it would be thy name Metallica and Ozzy here it is Metallica and Ozzy doing Iron Man and Paranoid together at the Rock Hall of Fame that was a couple years later Remember Tomorrow the Maiden cover Studio version, that was for a Kerrang! tribute that this is audio only you can hear that on Spotify too it's it's awesome I think it was also a B-side on the Hardwired deluxe Here's another video again these are videos Pro shot, unless I say otherwise. They're nice videos. Metallica with Biff Byford. Speaking destroy destroy guest, Biff Byford of Saxon. Covering Saxon's Motorcycle Man. I believe this is 2009-ish. Uh, here's Killing Time from Quebec Magnetic. All Day and All of the Night with Ray Davies of the Kinks at the Rock Hall. Sweet Jane from Velvet Underground with the late Lou Reed. at Again, also a Rock Hall performance. A Live performance of Ecstasy of Gold, the Enio Morricone, did the bad and the ugly theme that they, of course, always open with. White Light, White Heat with Lou Reed. Uh, jamming a bunch of the big four jams are here. Um, Am I Evil from Sophia, Die Die My Darling from Milan, Motorhead's Overkill uh, from the New York Big Four show, and then uh, some more acoustic stuff please don't judas me a whole bunch of those 30th anniversary covers Uh, metallica singing rihanna in carpool karaoke with billy eichner a bunch of those doodles so much stuff you guys what did i say 188 i didn't mean that 118 118 videos cover them all. metallica's being destroyed look at that playlist check it out watch a bunch of these videos and if there's stuff on youtube that i've missed i was pretty thorough and meticulous but if there's stuff that belongs in here, if there's songs that they've covered that I don't know about or forgotten about that exist on YouTube, let me know. And I will put them in there. So that's going to do it for this first episode. Oh, solo host solo. Take one. The first solo, truly solo episode of speaking Destroy. story, probably the last solo episode of speaking of story for a long time. But again, wanted to get that in there. Wanted to let you guys know what I've been up to the last few months. And I want to let you know that there are episodes coming next year. There is Ben Savage from Whitechapel, as I mentioned before. I'm going to have Jeremy Wagner from Broken Hope. That one's on the books. Troy Sanders from Mastodon. Zeus, as I mentioned earlier. And here's something else exciting that I, that I realized today in taping this episode. The podcast started in 2016. So 108 episodes in, as of right this moment, I think we're at the point where I can start having some return guests. A lot of those conversations wrapped up with, hey, we could talk about this forever, or hey, we didn't even get into this record or that song or this show or whatever. A lot of folks, you know, returning champions from that the first, like, 20 episodes especially, I'd love to have Matt from Avenged come back. You know, Matt did the very first episode, M Shadows, Johnny Christ came way later. I'd love to have him back. I'd love to have Jamie Josta, Rob Flynn, Lizzie Hale. There's a bunch of people from those early episodes that would be great. And there are, you know, look, there's, it is an inexhaustible well of people who love Metallica, who are noteworthy themselves, who love coming on here and having these discussions. If you saw my wish list, which is a running list that I'm constantly adding to, it is so long, so unwieldy. Thankfully, I have it alphabetized. There are so many guests still to have in the coming weeks, months, and years of speaking destroy. So I don't see any end of this podcast anytime soon. I'm enjoying doing it. As long as you're enjoying listening to it, I'm going to keep going, coming back refreshed and recharged from these 40th anniversary shows this weekend into 2022 of speaking destroy. Again, remember you can follow speaking destroy on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, facebook you can follow me on twitter at ryan downey on instagram at ryan j downey underscore support the show on patreon and as always you guys have been great and i've been ryan j Downey.